I love the enemy. I love how he tries to torment us. So, how do we do this? Okay, he'll come up. Don't worry, but I'll talk to you. How do we stay close to him? It's not complicated, okay? But here's what I want to tell you. Number one, it's not a method or a program. And I want to use myself. And those of you that don't know me, you don't know that I talk about my weight, but those of you that do, do. Okay? And again, it's not something I like to talk about. I'm bothered by it. I never wanted to get as big as I got. Okay? Let me tell you, here's the problem. It's like me. See, I don't have a problem losing weight. Did you know that? I do not. I have a problem keeping it off. I have three sets of pants. I'm in my mediums right now. Yeah, because I'm losing. I put my large away. I'm hoping to get down to my small and sell my large and medium. I'll give my large to a family. They'll make a tent out of it. But my point is, my point is, you know why I can't keep it off? And I think I will this time because I really think I've got it in my mind now. It's not a matter of dieting. Why? Because you diet for a month and then you feast for three. You have to change how you eat, mate. Period. For the rest of your life. That means if you go on a binge one day, that means the next three days you really got to trim back. I mean salad and soup, Bubba. Or else you're just going to go right back. See what I'm saying? It has to be a change of a mind. And see, that's what it is. You can't come to church and hit and miss with God and think you're going to be intimate. It's a lifestyle. You can't go to retreat and, oh, I just love, I just saw, I love you, Jesus, and that lasts for about three weeks, and then you're off again. So, let me share with you what I do. This is one of the things I do with all my disciples. I take words that are very important to me because I, I need to get a picture in my mind the way I am of what, why does this word mean what it means to me. And I build an acrostic out of it. Okay, So like vision. When I started putting together vision, the V stands for volitional. The I stood for intimacy. I'm not going to go all the way down the, the list. But each letter stands for a word that helps me understand. And I did that with vision. I did that with the word direction. I do that with words, hope. I did that with, um, with uh, prayer. Well, I thought about this one. Now, here's one thing I don't do. I don't make the words fit just to make an acrostic. If it doesn't work, I can't use it. There's some words I've tried to, and I go, nah, I can't think of anything that starts with a Z that would go there. Right? But I tried it with this one. It was interesting. I was actually doing my laps. I was swimming. And, and the, the, the words just came out real quick until the last one. But this one we're going to work through real quick. When I think of intimacy, I think of this. I need time in meditation acknowledging Christ. Why? Oh, see, he couldn't think of a why word. You're right. You're right, and I almost decided not to do this because I thought I am not going to get in the dictionary and find some weird that nobody understands and ever uses. But I kept saying it over and over again. Okay, I need time in meditation and knowledge in Christ. Why? I need time in... Why? Why? Don't make a word, Nate. Just let it speak for itself. And boy, did the Holy Spirit just bring it all together. 
So let's do it real quick. I. What do you mean I? You. When you start thinking about intimacy, folks, it's you. It's, it's not about a message. It's not about some special speaker or retreat. It's not church services. I don't, you can come here three times a day. That won't mean you'll be intimate. Intimacy depends on you. And that's why it starts with I. It's a conscious decision. Look at Joshua. Oh, by the way, I did this on purpose. Every verse that you're going to see from this point on, if you've known the Lord for a while, these are common verses. There's nothing new here. You know why I did that? I wanted you to know that right in front of your face the whole time in the Bible are the verses telling you how you can be intimate with God. They're there. You just got to see them. Joshua 24:15. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, look, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to make sure my family does it. I. Okay? I mean, I'm so committed to this, folks. Wife, if your husband is the Antichrist, you still can't blame him for your lack of intimacy. If he's not the leader he should be, he's going to get it from the Lord. The Lord's going to deal with him. But each one of our intimate relationship with God life, that life, is dependent on I, not someone else. So I need. What do you mean? This is not an option. And this is where we get into trouble. This is where it becomes dieting. Do I spend time with God today or not? Try that with your spouse. See what kind of relationship you have in your marriage. Oh, honey, what? I'm too busy to talk to you today or kiss you or anything. So see you later. Catch you tomorrow morning. Not a very good relationship. One thing. Look at this psalm. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek. One. One thing. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I love this story in Luke, and you all know it. Martha's serving. She's ministering. Man, that's the one we always want, right? She's busy. She's busy for Jesus. But she's mad because Mary's doing nothing. And there's a time that you stop being lazy and also do. But I don't think Mary was being lazy. And that's why Jesus answered Martha. Again, again I'm going to paraphrase, but he goes, Martha, take a chill pill. Why? You worry about so much, but only one thing is important. You notice what I mean? One thing. And Mary has chosen the good part. So I need time. Oof. The greatest and hardest sacrifice. Why is it the greatest sacrifice? Because we can always make more money. We can always make more money. We just can't make more time. How many of us here wish we had 36 hours? I do. Lord, just make, you know, forget 24. Let's get the 36-hour day because at least I'll get eight hours sleep then and still get everything that I need to get in, right? So it really is a big sacrifice to take. And, and again, I want to warn you, it also mat uh, it, it, um, not matters. It will be determined a lot by your season of life. 
I mean, I'm, the time I spend in devotions now, my wife actually got mad a year ago. She said, Nathan, you're, you're starting to spend an hour and a half to two hours. I said, yeah. Haven't been able to do this in a long time, and I'm not going to stop, babe. I don't care what doesn't get done. And boy, when she started seeing me when I didn't have them on those days, she'd go, go, go back to your devos. Because it makes a big difference. But you know, when I was a young dad with three kids running around trying to, I didn't have an hour every morning. But I still could carve out a certain amount of time. And it didn't always have to be in the morning. There could be that time where I connected intimately with my God. Why do I say it's the hardest sacrifice? Because unless we see production, we consider it wasted time. Okay? That's why so many people think golf is a waste of time. No, they do. And that's because, hold it, that's because if you're out on the golf course trying to become Tiger Woods and you don't have that talent, it is a waste of time. But if you're out on the golf course to enjoy a fun sport but also commune with God, because that's why I like it. I spend a lot of time talking to God out on the golf course. I love it. And that's very productive. The fact that you can go to some beach and lay out there and do nothing for eight hours is not a waste of time. If you did nothing to renew yourself and get yourself refreshed again. Now, if you're doing that five days a week, you're a lazy bum or a millionaire. My point is, see, everything can be... See, the problem is who is defining the word productive? And see, we usually end up producing... Uh, defining it for ourselves the wrong way. Look what the Bible says here. Do not worry then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then he goes on, So do not worry about tomorrow. Listen, for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of its own. That's so true. That's so true. And so, when I start thinking about intimacy, I need time. Now, I want to steal from Shakespeare. To do or not to do. Right? How many people have a to-do list? Yeah, I mean, it's like, and you, you got three done, and you look and seven more have been added. This, that is the question. Not to be or not to be, but to do or not to do. Now, I saw a seminar a little bit over two years ago, and the speaker said something that has radically changed my life. Really has. I wish I'd learned it earlier. I hadn't thought about it. He said, make a stop-do list. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I'm losing weight. Because I realize that one of my lifestyle habits has to be a certain amount of food per day, and that's it. Okay? And I have to stop. Well, you know, you got so busy, you didn't eat, but now it's 10 o'clock. Guess what? Now, I've broken it already twice since I've been in America. Because I've been traveling. But prior to coming here, if I didn't get to eat because I was so busy and it was already 7, 8 o'clock at night, 
stuff, Nate. Go to sleep, wake up hungry. Stop doing it. Okay? I have stopped do nights on when TV can come on now. Because for me, I get wound up when I talk to people and I want to stay up. Okay? So what I did was I, t I went through my week and I said, okay, on this night you can watch TV. It's okay, you're going to be up late, that's planned. But on this night, when you get done with your D12, for instance, on Monday nights, you get home at 9.30, well, you end at 9.30, you get home at 10. You're not going to turn that tube on. You'll be up till 3. Go for a walk. Pull your guitar out. Stop doing. Folks, this is a very important issue. I want to challenge you. Look at your schedule in your life and say, what, Lord, what do I need to stop doing in my life? Now, that doesn't mean to stop forever because things change. But I, my stop-to list over the last two years has continued to revolve. I'll pick up this and then I'll drop that. I'll, it's just a matter of stopping. But some things are permanent. Now, I need time in. What do you mean in? In. Now notice, being, not doing. And I deliberately chose a scripture that almost sounds like it's the opposite. But I want to tell you why. James says, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Well, Nate, that sounds like he's doing. No, no. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. He's saying, listen, you want to know what I believe? Look how I live. It's what I am. It's not what I do. It's what I am. And see, what I want you to think about when you start thinking about intimacy, I need time in. I need to be there constantly. This can't be something that's a hit or miss, like I said. This can't be a quick little five-minute snack in the morning called the daily bread where you're in the, the restroom and you think, oh, now I've been intimate with God today. No, you haven't. Really, folks, I've done all these things. They don't work. This is in. You are in a lifestyle of being close to God. In what? In meditation. Psalm 63, 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings. Listen, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. I don't even want to say what I'm going to say next because I'll have Insong make a grunt. Because I've been promising in this material for years. I have a real problem right now with the way a lot of discipleship is, and I'll tell you why. It's all built on how-to books. My discipleship manual called Beginnings, which every guy I've taken through it has written me later, said it really made a difference. And... 30% of the guys I've discipled are in full-time ministry. They're pastors. All it is is a one-year study on who God is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm not against how-to books, but here's what I want to tell you. How-to books teach you how to maneuver through what you think is a walk. But when you start learning who God is, just who He is, a response comes out of you of meditation. You just keep pondering what a wonderful God He is, what a gracious God He is, 
what a forgiving God He is, what a just God He is, what a tough love God He is, what a, what a letting you escape the consequences God He is. He does that. You don't always reap what you sow because He's so merciful. Genesis 24, Isaac went out to meditate in the field. He didn't go out to look at how many sheep he had. He took time. Now again, let's get this. You will never find time, men and women. When you find time, it's because you picked up a watch on the ground that somebody dropped. That's the only time you'll ever find. You have to make time. This is a proactive decision. Okay. Well... Acknowledging, I need time in meditation. Acknowledging, and notice what the word acknowledge means. Because nowadays in Christianity, a lot of this is just talk. And that's not what the word acknowledge means. It means to recognize the rights, the authority, or the status of. What does that mean? That means you're going to obey. You're going to follow through on what God tells you He wants you to do for your life. That's acknowledging Him. The Pharisees would just, and Jesus said it, you praise me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. You say, I love you, love you, love you, but your life is doing whatever it wants to do. You don't care what I want you to do. Psalm 140, verse 13, Surely the righteous will give thanks to your name. The upright will dwell in your presence. Notice that. The dwelling in the presence is those that are following what God said to do. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's. So, when you start thinking about, okay, I want to be intimate with God. I need time in being, in meditation, acknowledging, and of course we know who? Christ. Now we've just come full circle. Why? You can't spend time meditating about your ministry or the numbers or the finances. I mean, to me, it would be tragic if I were to come back here in three years and Pastor Insong and Pastor Danny had this little thing gone and you're in a building with 3,000 people and they're all a bunch of surface relationship people who show up on Sunday. That's a, wow, you got three, 300 what? 300 what? Or 3,000 what? Who cares? There's a church in America with over 25,000 every Sunday and they're not doing much to the people in their lives. Who cares? You know, they're the biggest church the world's ever seen. They're even going to get a mark to show they're his. Think about that. Antichrist is going to have the biggest following ever around. See, it's not about that stuff. That stuff's good. I got no problem with ministry. I love that my ministry is flourishing. I love to see numbers of people come to know Christ. I really do. It's exciting. And I love not having to fret over finances. Okay? That's something we all love, you know? And we all go through that. I have times where I have to do some prayerful concerns because finances are a tough thing. But life is not, even if God slapped a million bucks on me right now, that doesn't mean I'm intimate with God. It just means I'm a millionaire and I'll have probably 50,000 friends on Facebook. Right? This is Christ we're talking about. And see, the Galatians had the same problem. You foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed or crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? This is what I mean. See, here's the problem. When you acknowledge God in the intellect, that's a big statement, because he's invisible. But if you only stay there, that's what James was talking about when he said what he said about, I'll show you my faith by my works. Then he says, you believe there's one God? You do well. The demons also believe and tremble. You know why he put that there? Because he's saying it's real easy to sound right. Really easy to sound right. Well, Paul comes along to the Galatians and he says, look, you guys started out right. Well, here's the problem. I know some people that got involved in Christianity because all their barcata did. All their peers. It was the popular thing to do. But no real conversion ever took place. They never got to the point that they realized, I am lost without Christ as my Savior. They believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. They believe He's the Son of God. But they never face-to-face got to the point where they said, you know what, but I'm separate from you because of my sin. And that's why intimacy is so important. Because what happens is you realize, and this, this I can tell you, this I can tell you, if there's been no real conversion, the growth in your life trying to look Christian will get more and more difficult and more and more burdensome. Because you don't have any power inside you to do it. The Holy Spirit's the one that does it. Oh yeah, you you quit murdering. That's good. Now anybody murder this week? No, no. You're not raping anymore. You're not bank robbing. You know, or you're not being a drunkard or a, or a drug user. You're not womanizing. Those big social sins fall off easy. But get into the things of lust and get into the things of critical thinking and judgmentalism and all those, and you'll find the only way to have victory is from the Holy Spirit empowering you as you yield to Him. So, I need time and meditation acknowledging Christ. Why? Why? Very simple. Because without intimacy, I'm developing a religion. That's what's happening. Without intimacy, you're building a system a belief system that you can maneuver through. And that's it. And you can be a believer and do that. Understand that. You can come to a conversion of Christ. He converts you. you. You actually enter into that life. But then like the Galatians, who I do believe were children of God, they said, okay, we started with grace by faith, but now we're going to finish through the power of the flesh. Why? Because I learned the jargon. I learned the words. I've learned what I need to. I've got a little memory packet and I memorize scriptures. And I spend uh, 20 minutes every day in the A.W. Tozier devotional. Okay? And I go online and watch a sermon by so-and-so. And I do that. And that's all good stuff. But here's the point. But there's absolutely no real relationship connecting and, 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 and actually disconnecting with God. Why? Because we're sinners. So we will disconnect. Not relationship, but fellowship-wise. 
Okay, when was the last time you had a good cry with the Lord saying, you know, I really realized what I did was wrong. And I'm so glad I'm back. You know, he's not up there with a lightning bolt ready to smack you. He's up there saying, come to me. Now, I want you to get this as I get ready to close. When I say get it right on this, it can appear very small. You know, this little problem. I mean, what's the big deal with intimacy? I'm serving the Lord. I'm busy in the Lord's work. Come on, Nate. Well, I like this as an example. Some things are very bad if you get them wrong. There was a woman getting married that asked the cake baker to put 1 John 4.18 on her cake. That's what she wrote. Just 1 John 4.18. She didn't write the verse. Okay? So her cake was supposed to say, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That was going to be on our wedding cake. Her wedding day came. She came out. They brought her cake out. And the guy missed one little thing. And this is what he put. For thou had five husbands, and he who thou now hast is not thy husband. He missed one number. Instead of 1 John 4.18, he put John 4.18. Now, how would you like to be at your wedding with that cake? See, what I want you to get is not some little thing. Look at what Jesus says here. I mean, this is the most harsh talk that Christ ever used. But the Lord said to him, Now, you Pharisees, clean out the outside of the cup and of the platter, but inside of you you're full of robbery and wickedness, Mung, mung. And he meant it mean this time. You foolish ones. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? Matthew 23, 26, you blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. So here's what I want to leave you with. I want to leave you with three thoughts of challenge, and then I got your two discussion questions. But look at this. Okay? Number one, how much time of your day is set aside for just you and God? Okay? This is a proactive decision. And folks, it does not have to be early in the morning. Don't talk to me about Jesus' model, because that's not fair. Okay? There's guys in Psalms that talk about the early morning watches and the night watches. The issue is you need to look at your day and say, when can I dig out a place where I can just be alone with him? And don't go, and I'm going to start tomorrow and it's going to be four hours. Yeah, right. (laughs) Don't put something that's not realistic in your life. But ask yourself, is there a place? You know, one of my favorite times as a painter was my lunch hour. We got an hour for lunch. I carried a New American Standard little Bible right back in my back pocket. And every other day, because I had lunch the other times with the guys, and I'd get my devos another time. But every other day, because I'd been trying to do it in the morning, but I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning to have devos if I was going to still make it to work. And it was killing me. So instead, I started carrying my little Bible, and three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, at lunch, I'd say, guys, I'm going to go sit over in the shade. And I'd sit 
They'd see me writing with my little journal. I actually opened up the door to witness to some of them. And I used to look so forward. And when I was loading Northwest Orient Airlines, you'd always get out there 45 minutes before the plane showed up, basically. And I'd just sit in the truck. And the guys would all be talking, you know, smack and all that. I'd be in the truck with my Bible, just reading. That was my time. And I wasn't snobby about it. I wasn't, if they said, hey, Nate, I'd talk to them. But the Lord was really good to help me protect that time. Say, I'm sorry. I've got to do this right now. There's another one. And this is real big in the, in the marriage seminar stuff. But I never hear it about our God. Have you ever had a date night with God? You tell your barcada no. You even tell your spouse no. No, but tonight I'm just going to spend some time with God alone. Just me and him. You know, maybe sitting out on the back porch with a glass of Welch's grape juice. <laughs> and just enjoying the stars and talking to Dad. I'm serious. A date night. Not one that you accidentally stumble into, which is also great. But this one you actually plan. Now this last one's a big one. But I can just tell you from testimony what it meant to me. When was the last time you took a day away with God? My wife was so supportive of me when I was a pastor in Roanoke, Virginia, that once a month, I did this 12 times a year, with her blessing, I'd get up about 4 in the morning and I'd drive three and a half hours to Washington, D.C. My grandmother was in a nursing home that my aunt had placed her in. I would go there first, and I would visit her. And then I would jump on the metro, and I would go down to D.C. with my Bible, and I would walk around all day. No one was invited to go with me, not even my wife. I told her, I said, if you ever want to go with me, you can but I'm going to let you know the minute we hit D.C., I'm going to be walking off by myself. This is my time with Dad. And you need time? I'll make it for you. And she was unbelievably supportive. She'd say, okay, so which day this month? And she'd work it so I could get out the house and I'd get back by 1 a.m. I mean, I'm gone all day. But man, I did that for six years. I don't do it as much in Manila right now, but I still do it. I just don't do it every month. But I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is a time that's really precious. And it doesn't have to be a work day for you guys, you know. Just decide that one Saturday you're not going to see anybody. You're not going to play any sports. You're just going to go and be with God somewhere. You don't even have to leave your house. You're just going to seclude yourself with God. And by the way, if you get away and you only make it for seven hours, okay, and you're going, i got to do, oh, God's mad at you. No, He's not. You carved out seven hours of time, and you know what happens? You keep doing that, and before you know it, you won't like just the seven. You'll say, I, you know, I want to get up early, and I want to spend all the way till evening with them. Why? Because I'm not doing this every week. I'm not, you can't do it like that. That's not real life. Unless you want to leave life and become a monk somewhere. Right? But that's not where God has us because we don't get to mix with people then. Okay. So, intimacy. I need time in 
Meditation, acknowledging Christ. Why? Because without that, you're developing a religion. That's right. A religion is a system of beliefs. It's not a relationship. So here's the questions I got for you. Is your walk with the Lord best described as the same old thing or constantly changing? What does that say about your relationship? And here's the second one. When you don't feel close to God, what do you do about it? Okay? So these are your discussion questions. Let me go ahead and pray. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to share with my brethren here. It's always such a joy to get together with especially family and friends that I've loved for so many years, see them doing well. Just bless us today as we think about the things that Scripture shared this morning, about how you desire to be close with us. And I do pray, whatever, the acrostic is nothing, it's just mine. But I pray that we'd realize that there is no possible way to have intimacy with someone unless you spend time with them. That's the only way it happens. So I just pray that my brothers will get that today. And as we meet as a family and discuss it, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we'll realize what are we doing in our own life to make sure that we have a vibrant relationship that has all of the pimples and warts of a sinner on our side. And that's part of the Part of the issue. But it's still better than a religion, which can be so sanitized, and so dead, and it can lull us to sleep thinking that we're okay. Whereas a relationship keeps us moving all the time. Just bless us throughout this day now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You got it?